0: Welcome to Real Talk. I am Tina. And I am Anne. This is part two of Joy and Pain Can Coexist. And if you have not heard part one, I would highly recommend that you go back and listen to it because it has so much great content and it really ties into this part two. So uh, please go back and listen. And here is part two. It's knowing for sure you are going to hurt, but in a different, more productive way. It's what we talked about, the pain and the joy living together instead of just living in the pain or only letting the pain in.
1: Yes, it's like having peace in the middle of pain. You can think they're
0: opposite, but they can and do coexist simultaneously. You had such a miraculous transformation. I mean, mine was, well, it was kind of both. There was a moment in time that I remember waking up and I said, that I'm sick and tired of being sick and tired. And I never went back to being that person. But since that moment, it's been such a gradual climb. It has taken me at least 20 years to get here. It's, it's a really long uphill climb. Yeah, I
1: can totally relate to that. And I'm not where I want to fully be yet either. Sometimes, like in, when I was doing the trail trail, I remember thinking, oh, I don't want to do the hard work. Like, why didn't I just take a boat so I could see the coastline <laughs> again, you know? <laughs> yeah. Or a helicopter. Like, give me just the gorgeous view without the work. It's exhausting. But you know what I did? And this is what you can do too. You can pause. Fuel up with food or water, a little rest, a pep talk, whatever it is. And then you got to get back up and you keep going. I think the trick is that you don't stay in one hard place too long. You've got to find a way through and you have to remember that end goal.
0: Yeah. You know, I often say, you know, there's nothing wrong with sitting in it for a minute, but then you do have to move and try to figure out how to get off that cliff, I guess, or that ledge. I mean, you showed me what it was like on that ledge. Can you describe it for our listeners?
1: So the truth is when I actually hiked the section of the Kalalau Trail called Crawler's Ledge, you could see it from about a mile away. You're on the other side. You're on a switchback trail. So you're kind of going like up and down and back and forth. And when I first saw it from a distance, it looked even slimmer than the rest of the trail that we had been hiking. And I started sobbing. And we're hiking this trail as a tropical storm is coming in. But what I realized is once I got to that ledge, the whole trail was narrow and meant to trip you, make you slip, break you. So by the time I got to that ledge, it wasn't as scary because it was no more narrow than the rest of the trail. I could see it more clearly. I had a better view of that section now, and I wasn't as afraid. And I knew this was the only way. I couldn't turn around because my backpack would have literally knocked me off the ledge to my death. So I had to hold on through that wind. We were in about 65 mile per hour winds and just kind of became one with mother nature and slowly, but surely made my way across it.
0: And that's how I picture doing life. I mean, we have to get on that ledge and feel the fear and the pain in our ankles, which you went through and in our hearts To get to the end of that trail, because at the end of that trail is on the other side of the pain. That is the only way there, though. The only way
1: there is through. That is absolutely true.
0: (laughs) I have stopped myself from feeling so much so many times in my life, but I don't do that anymore. I, in fact, feel all the feels, all, all at the same time. In most situations, I feel the loss of the situation and the joy? Same. I am a
1: big feeler. And so there is no middle ground for me. I'm all in. I'm either all sad, all mad, all happy, all joyous, whatever the feelings are and and all big and all at the same time. So I can completely relate. And one of the things I don't think I've mentioned much is that my friend that I went with on the trail, we are different personalities. And so that was another thing that was challenging is because I'm trying to hold things in to not be too extra. And she's trying to be a little extra Mm -hmm. because she's not one to show much feeling at all. And it was a little bit of a, a clash. And it's hard because we're both trying, I think, to make the other one happy, if you will, trying to be less of ourselves and more like what the other person is. And then once we just got past that and we just were who we are, it
0: made things a lot less eggshell-like. Well, that is what it's like in connection, honestly. I mean, we are made to have connection and I think that we begin to die inside when we don't have that. But thankfully you were able to, both of you, and that's what we have to do in relationship all the time, really, is uh, try to figure out how to do this together. Yeah, I, I think that that's critical. I think that,
1: I think the bottom line is we can be different and that's okay. You know, things may not be as we're used to them, but that's okay. Kind of like all of the nudity that we experienced at the beach on this trip. Yeah, trail. yeah. We didn't partake, and it was different than what we were used to. But for me, it was just like, oh, okay. Don't make it a big deal, and it won't be an issue. You know, it's just different. But different doesn't mean
0: all the time that it has to be a big deal. It reminds me of my daughter. Well, really, all three of my kids. But when we're out there on the baseball field with the kids who are in wheelchairs because they're on a disability baseball team and some are nonverbal and some are stimming. And my daughter says, Oh, that's okay that they do that. That's just, they're just different. Everybody's different. We all do things differently. And I'm just like, so proud of them that they recognize that already at this young age to appreciate and accept everybody and anything that's different. Um, I wanted to go back for a minute to what we talked about when I mentioned about being dead inside if you don't let connection in. And because I was a failure to thrive baby, and so was my youngest son that I adopted. And this is the strangest thing. It's actually the strangest feeling when that failure to thrive feeling comes over you when it comes back. But um, it does come back when I'm not around people. That same failure to thrive starts to overcome me. It's almost like the life is being sucked out of me gradually, and I can literally feel it. It is the strangest feeling to even explain, but it is like you are slowly dying inside. Now, my son, he came to us addicted to drugs, and he was so glazed over he did not know what was going on. I mean, you could, you could tell that he was just not there really behind those eyes. And he weirdly says, anytime we talk about when he was a baby, you mean when I was blind? So I think that he has some kind of body memory from it. And we've talked about body memories before on the show, but when he was not he talks about like when he was not in his body, which is really strange because it was almost like a dissociative thing. That's how it is with me. When I go through that, it's like you leave yourself and you become lifeless We would constantly, when we got him, um, rub his arms and legs and chest and back and just was constantly touching his skin to get him to kind of wake up, I guess. We did it day and night and he became the happiest baby. I mean, he is just the happiest kid, but we see what can happen when we don't let love in.
1: And I think conversely, look what happens when you meet the needs in a way that speaks to each individual person, you know, the way that you met your son's needs because you understood what it was that his body was craving. I think that's so awesome.
0: We're supposed to be in relationship. I mean, that's how we were made. Um, I am so proud of where you have come, where you and I have come and that we can talk about this stuff. You know, I never talked and shared with anyone for decades I was always a quiet one in the room, if you can believe that. No, I'd say it's because I know you. I'm like, no,
1: that would be like me saying the same thing. I don't think anyone would believe that. <laughs> I know.
0: The best way. I know it's just absolutely crazy. But I was sent to a counselor after my dad died for less than a year because of every single time she talked to me, I would not talk to her. I mean, I was just like, you're taking me to this counselor. I'm not talking to them. So I never spoke. The only thing I said one day, I walked in and I said, I'm going to run away. I was 12, and she just made me promise that I wouldn't, and I was like, all right, okay, whatever. Mm-hmm. But of course I did, and that's another podcast, but I found myself wanting so badly to let the good in, to let love in. And well, I am the most blessed that I'm letting... All of it in and talking about it, and I feel so empowered. It's like once you start to let in the pain, and most importantly, the joy, and you start allowing yourself to share and believing in yourself. You know, half of why I didn't want to share was I thought my truth was not reality, and I had so much to hide. I felt that I did, I thought that I had so many secrets that secrets can kill a person internally and i lived in a house that was crazy making i was told what was happening was not happening and i heard this quote on Bialik breakdown it's a podcast with mind Bialik. if you know who she is she's blossom big bang theory and recently jeopardy and i've always been a fan but i listen to her podcast a lot of times on mental health and she has a doctorate in neuroscience her most recent guest was david Rico I think was how they said it but he's a psychotherapist who has written many books on childhood trauma and their topic was don't bring childhood wounds into adult relationships and it's pretty profound he's an author of 20 plus books he's been on he's been around a minute so there is so much in this book that i've been reading one thing that is talked about is Everyone you meet, you are meeting everyone who's ever hurt them. I mean, that is so profound. Yeah, I need to
1: I need to take that in. Does it mean because of how they act and
0: react? Well, one of the things that they said was and I really never thought about this, that the deprivation, and this is a quote from the book, How to Be an Adult in Relationships, the five keys to Mindful Loving by David Rico. The deprivation of fulfillment from childhood is recorded in every cell of our bodies. I mean, think about that. It's what the deprivation of fulfillment from childhood is recorded in every cell of our bodies.
1: So- profound i i think the book the body keeps the score talks about that as well and it honestly it gives me hope about and i don't know enough about this except this very sentence that i'll speak about epigenetics where you can alter your genes um alter your dna i feel like it gives me some hope for that because if they can be etched into you from life okay from everyone you've ever met that's hurt you, then surely they can be a different way, if that makes sense. We we can maybe heal them,
0: restore them, repair them, make them different. That's just such an amazing concept. I mean, I can't imagine being able to just change your cells and what's going on internally since all the damage was done. I, mean, I know that you can carve new lines, I guess, or in your brain, as your brain creates a new thought, it takes so many times that you have to make that thought go in a certain path for you to have a different way of thinking. Um, Because your brain automatically goes a certain way every single time the thought begins. Um, And I know that you can create a new path in your brain. So there has to be truth in being able to change Uh, More than just your brain, I would think. I mean, it's like Tina, when you got off that trail, you were different. I mean, we actually can get ourselves to the point where we feel different. And then all of a sudden, what felt like turmoil within us is peace. Maybe we just feel free. I mean, how amazing is that to be free to share, free to express? Free to feel what really happened instead of someone else's truth, like I talked about earlier. Free to deny what is told to you. Just free to be. I mean, give yourself permission to do all that and don't allow people to take that away. I mean, it's amazing what what we can do when we start changing. I think one of the hardest things is also mentioned on that podcast and in the book is what we just talked about. It's starting. I mean, just getting started can bring up a lot of fear. He wrote in the book, all prospects of change, even for the better represent a threat. So that is so profound to me.
1: Yeah, that's, uh, that's really good. And I I think that's, you know, even not just, with your own mental health, but just life in general. I mean, from having to have a hard conversation with your neighbor to whatever, I guess, else it, it could be, you know, anything in a school, if you have to talk about something with a teacher or a principal, anything involving your kids. I mean, yeah, I, I, I can see that because the, the change can also, even though
0: it can be better, can also feel threatening at the same time. Yeah, change is change, right? I mean, change is something that we are not familiar. And I've always said, sometimes staying stuck is easier than facing the fear itself. Uh, in the yeah, it's kind of like staying in your comfort zone. Yeah, yeah. I mean, when I worked in the jail, I cannot tell you how many women I sat across, and they changed, and. They were in, and, and it kind of became their own comfort zone within the jail system where they were, they felt, they felt like this peace within that building and they were good. They were like, you know, they became literally a changed person. They walked out that door. And I can even remember one time I was sitting in the parking lot and we were waiting for one of the, the ladies who had just gotten released. We, she was going to get on our car. And her sugar daddy pulled up just about next to us. Mm
1: -hmm.
0: I watched her look at her past and look at us. And she made the decision to get in his car for whatever reason. And it could have been fear, it could have been, you know, afraid what he might do if she left that lifestyle, but it could have been just that what we're talking about here. I mean, sometimes it is. She didn't know what she was getting into if she got in the car with us, but she knew what she was getting into, even though it was horrible and maybe the worst situation in the world. She knew it, and it was it was familiar with her, and so she actually she chose to get in there instead of come with us into this new lifestyle, which she had no idea what she was getting into at all.
1: Mm, Gosh, that is um, that is just something that is really scary to hear can happen
0: we don't really think of it that visually you know that that's such a visual yeah that's definitely but we all make those choices i think all day long in some respects i mean it could be like you said it could be something really small to something really major life-changing and here we are at a, a a fork in the road And we're looking at this side and we're looking at this side. And how many times I know I've chosen many, many times to just stay on the road that I'm going instead of take that new road or get on that trail like you did and just continue on that path because it's the one that I know. Yeah, I feel like more so for me,
1: I've gone the opposite direction. You know, if I was in, say, a bad relationship in high school. I never dated the same person twice. I guess I always felt like when it was over it was over for a reason, no no need to look back. I'm not one to look back. And I feel like I've been the opposite of some of the examples and and that's okay, you know, I'm not saying again one's right or wrong, but I'm I'm typically the one that will go the opposite direction. I mean, if you
0: sense or you know in your heart, that the direction that you're going is not a good one and you go the opposite way, kudos. I mean, seriously, that's amazing trait that you can do that. I have gotten myself in the absolute worst situations because I stayed stuck. And it, you know, it's really sad that it took me this long, but Everybody's journey is what they need to go through in order to get
1: to Just gonna say, I know sad and hard, but yet I look at you and think, wow, proud and determined and look how far you've come.
0: You know, I really appreciate that because even, you know, going all the way back to the very beginning of the podcast, talking about my son who was so down on himself and he looked at himself so with such the hardest Of eyes because he just he doesn't appreciate who he is right now and he's got so much good in him but there was a time in a lot of my life where you just pointed out all the the good part of it and I was determined and I was you know all that was good was in me but I could only feel the negative and the and all the bad all the bad but not the good. And it really did keep me where I was. And you know what? This is really important. The people around you are really important because one day I was standing across from my biological mom and she made a lot of bad choices in her life. And a lot of the things she said to me made me believe that I was not worth it that I wasn't good. And, you know, even when I went to college, she said, you know, people in our family don't go to college. And there was never that believing in me kind of thing. So I think when you don't have somebody to believe in you, who's supposed to believe in you, you kind of feel, um, it's it's kind of hard to find it within yourself.
1: Yeah, I I can see that for sure. It's like, it kind of blows my mind because being a mom and you're a mom and I can't, I I don't know what it's like to have a mom that treated her kids the way that you've described. So, you know, that that's hard for me to, I I don't understand it, you know, and now you can't see
0: the damage being done. Well, You know, I've shared how I was conceived in rape, and I understand that she's got a stigma. There's this thing attached to me. And but I mean, it it goes deep where uh, there was a lot else going on with her besides just what the the relationship that we had, the fact that I was genetically her daughter. Um, But that was where it kind of ended. And I wanted more than that. But, you know, I always look back. And Because I've got adopted kids, and I've adopted my grandkids, and I can never be in her spot and look at one of my children and say the things that she has to me um, and say, you know, you're just a rape to me, and she didn't even want me at her funeral or to know about it when she died. And it's all kind of a, a bad thing, but you know what it's done. It's made me never to be like that. The parents that I have had, that's what it's done. It's made me be the mom that I am and uh, and accept them right where they are, love them where they are, and always uh, keep pushing forward with them. I will always love them, no matter what, for who they are. I think that is just
1: incredible. And you really are a testament to that. You're not just saying that you actually live and breathe by that. And I think you're amazing and your family too.
0: Yeah. Well, I don't know. God's, you know, you have to go through the pain to get to the joy. And that's exactly what we're talking about here. And that's what I went through. And even though you have gone the opposite in a lot of ways, when you've sensed that this is the wrong direction, you've gone the opposite way, but I know you and I know that you've gone through a lot of pain and you are on the other side of it Um, in a lot of ways, but we both, I mean, I'll tell you what, we don't know what tomorrow brings. We don't know how much pain or joy or both that we're going to find, you know, in the podcast, that I was talking about, Jonathan asked a question. Um, He's uh, the co-host of Mayim Mayim Bialik. He's friend or significant other, whatever they are. They never really define the relationship. But he said, how do you navigate forward when you have to face something so scary? I mean, that is a podcast and a half right there for us. I mean, that's something we could talk about another day, but the visual I have in my head at that moment when they were talking about it is you, Tina. I mean it's you, it's you. Oh, me? It's you. It's it's you on the other side of that cliff. And and you are on the sides of your feet, ankles bent in, in pain, on your tippy toes just about. And you are literally on that cliff. And if you stop and if you hesitate and if you don't keep going and you stop short, you're going down. I mean, you're not you are not going to break free of that fear. So hiding behind the fear is not where we want to be. No. And on on this
1: trip, it showed me that my fear can be my biggest fear supporter, not my hurdle. My fear is what propelled me forward. And
0: it felt so freeing to
1: get to the other side.
0: Those are two completely different concepts. And we don't want to be hiding behind the fear. And we want to use our fear to propel us. I think that that's incredible.
1: Well, let me tell you, if I can do it, so can you.
0: Amen, sister. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Well, we're just going to wrap it up here. um, Unless there's anything else you want to say. I think
1: I think we covered so much and just always want to say thank you to each and every one of you who listen. We hope you get something out of our podcast. We hope that it propels you to make a positive change one step in the right direction. I kept telling myself on my trail, I'm one step closer. I'm one step closer. And I literally said it out loud. I'm sure my friend was irritated hearing me say it so much, but it helped me
0: tremendously. I I love that. I love it because that's, I mean, that's what we do. That's what I do all the time in my head. And I just, even if it's just an inch, Tina, you know what? I'm so proud of you.
1: Well, thank you. I'm
0: proud of you. Oh,
1: I love you, my friend. I love you too. Thank you all for listening, and we'll see you next time. All right.